What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Moke Hamilton joins me now on 98.7 ESPN. Moke, did you watch this game last night? Uh, you know what, Anita? I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I, di- I did not. I know you're going to mm. be mad at me about that. I'm not mad. But, I just, uh, my heart, I feel for you because this has to be one of the best basketball games I've seen. In, and I'd say this has to be one of the best second half basketball games I've seen in a long time. And Drew Timmy was unbelievable. He was out of his mind, draining shots from everywhere. Um, really, really unbelievable. Uh, and I guess I, I just I, I wanted to talk about this game and I wanted to talk about this matchup and Drew Timmy just to where where do you think he goes in the draft? Like everybody's expecting Chet Holmgren to go number one overall. I don't see it. The guy weighs like ninety five pounds, soaking wet. I don't get it. Um, like where do you see Holmgren and, and Timmy going in this year's draft? Uh, you know, it's it's actually a really good question, Anita. Uh, and and to be perfectly honest with you, like I I I just don't know yet. I think it's still a little early. You know, mainly because the, the tournament, you always have guys that seemingly come out of nowhere that end up, uh, you know, dramatically increasing their stock and sometimes end up crashing the top five. You know what I mean? Like you have some guys that might start out the season projected to be, you know, early lottery picks, late lottery picks, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have, you know, a, a John Morant, for example, coming in and going number two. You know what I mean? So so things like that happen all the time, and I think that the, the draft experts, they kind of start really reassessing and reevaluating things somewhere around the, the first week of April. So so I think in two more weeks we'll, we'll definitely have a, a better idea. Uh, they're just, they're just. It's like they flipped a switch and and brought their A game and it was just so impressive last night. But yeah. uh, again, I, I wanted to bring you on. I wanted to talk about li- a, 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 not just a little, but a lot of NBA and specifically, of course, the Knicks and the Nets. Let's start with the Knicks. Uh, they are getting ready to host the Jazz later on tonight. Donovan Mitchell shooting forty five percent, averaging twenty six points a game. Gobert, of course, we know is going to be on the court as well. Conley's out. Uh, this is a Knicks team. They've won two straight. You know, just a few games left here in the regular season. We know they're not going to make it into the postseason. What's what 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 do you feel the Knicks need to do to end the season strong? You know, what's what's what do you feel the goal here? What are you looking for in regard to this Knicks team with just a few games still remaining in the regular season, Moke? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Uh, I mean, you know, I think that so, – so there was a report that uh, – I want to say a report from Bleacher Report earlier this week that, you know, Tom Thibodeau is going to be back next season. That you know, That's the decision that, that the organization has made. I think that it's a good decision. Uh, and I, But I think what you want to do is you just want to see the team continue to kind of play hard. You know, you want to see them run through the tape – uh, to steal, you know, one of Chris Weber's quotes there, run through the tape, play for the end. Because 
I mean, it, it's not likely that they're going to get into the play-in. You know, they still trail the Atlanta Hawks by five games in the loss column, mm-hmm. and obviously they're, they're they're running out of time. You know what I mean? Like the Knicks only have 12 games. I mean, the Knicks and the Hawks, they each only have 12 games left. So to make up that much ground, it would take a monumental collapse on the part of Atlanta, and I just don't see that happening, unfortunately. But nonetheless, I, mean, I think really what you want to see is you want to see the young guys continue to get minutes and you want to see them do productive things with those minutes. You know, you want to see R.J. Barrett uh, continue to, to, to play well and to shoot the ball well and just continue to kind of try to try to find his sea legs. You know and I mean? Unfortunately, that's all you really have to look forward to, um, again, unless there's some sort of dramatic collapse on the part of Atlanta. But, I mean, that's really it. You know, you just want to see the young guys get minutes and you want to feel like heading into next year – that they'll be ready to hit the ground running and, and that, you know, they won't find themselves in a hole early in the season that they're unable to dig themselves out of. So you've got a Jazz team, again, taking on the Knicks tonight and then uh, and then in Brooklyn to take on the Nets tomorrow. What's the latest with Ben Simmons? Uh, again, I spoke to somebody within the organization who said that his back is a little bit more significant uh, than what meets the eye or at least what's being communicated. Are you hearing the same thing? And, uh, and and what are your expectations for Ben Simmons? Will we see him before the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely something. You know, there's some people that I think are, are kind of second-guessing the team's decision to trade James Harden for him because of it. And I, I wouldn't really go that far only because, you know, based based on what we've heard and, and what we, we've come to know, uh, James really had his mind and his heart set on going to Philadelphia. And the fact, you know, if, you, if you're the Knicks, if you're the Nets, you just can't take the risk of potentially losing him as a free agent over the summer. So, you know, I think given the situation, it overall was a good trade for the Nets still, but it obviously does assume that Ben Simmons is going to be the Ben Simmons that we saw at his best in Philadelphia, which is somebody who's going to, be be a defensive stalwart, someone who's going to get rebounds for you and, and see the floor and help create easier scoring opportunities for, for guys like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and the rest of the team. That said, if he's not able to get on the floor for at least four or five regular season games, you, you'd be reluctant to put him in the lineup in the playoffs, Anita, because what we what we know, right, is, is basketball is a team game. Chemistry is something that you can't really fake. It's something that you can't create. Usually when you put another high-utility, high-usage piece in a lineup, it, it, it might take you two or three games just to figure some things out. You might mm-hmm. end up having some, some, some bum turnovers. You know what I mean? You might end up losing a game or two that you normally would win just because of the incorporation factor. And you can't really take that kind of risk in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Every game counts in a different way. So I, do, I don't envy Steve Nash for that predicament. Having a, a weapon like Ben Simmons that should be able to help the team but not having an opportunity to incorporate him in the regular season, that is something that is a very, very difficult predicament. So, uh, and, and as we speak right now, let's also mention that the Nets sit in eighth in the Eastern Conference which means they they would be in a play-in scenario. And if things stay the same way they are right now, they would actually have to play in Toronto in their first play-in game. And as of now, Kyrie still would not be available for that game. So 
it's definitely a, a difficult predicament for Steve Nash and for the Nets. No second guessing on the trade on my part, but I, I definitely am concerned. And as far as my expectations for Ben Simmons, I, I can't really say that I have any at this point, just based on what we hear and how the goal post seems to, or the goal line, I guess I should say, the goal line keeps on moving with respect to when we should expect to see him on the court. So, so definitely room for concern, particularly because the Nets are looking at a playing scenario in Toronto. That creates a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, let's let's not forget. I know it was a few weeks ago, but let's not forget. You know, Harden didn't want to be here. Uh, the chemistry, the, the feel, the vibe around that Nets team was was not a healthy one. So right. I, I understand. I understand that you're seeing what Harden's been able to do in 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 Philadelphia. Right? They've won two straight now. Um, you know, some people were feeling that uh, the honeymoon was over, but again, I think they're still working out the kinks in regard to getting into an ebb and flow in regard to, to how all they're, you know, how they're going to operate on the court. And don't forget, Embiid uh, did injure himself last Monday in that Denver game, which was a little concerning. But nonetheless, uh, you know, I'm with you. I'm not questioning this trade. I mean, it was more than just what you see on the court in regard to X's and O's and wins and losses. Uh, there was a bad right, vibe right. around this team. You know, I mean, even to the point where, like, you were hearing, like, Harden was ticked off that, you know, Kyrie was lighting up incense uh, in the locker room. I mean, yeah. come, I mean, that's... <laughs> It's petty, but 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 it's it's true. All right, looking looking big picture here. I want to get your thoughts. Big picture in regards to the Eastern Conference. Uh, Miami, you know, up three games against uh, the Seventy Sixers in the Bucks. Uh, prior to the tournament starting, um, I said Miami and the Golden State Warriors. To me, that was going to be the final uh, this season. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, uh, Miami's looking really good. Uh, is and. I think the cell. I, I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Boston Celtics. I love what I've seen from the Boston Celtics, especially the last two months. How how great they're playing defense. Um, I know that uh, the Browns been in somewhat of a slump right now, but if you had a team to come out of the Eastern Conference that you think will surprise some folks and possibly make it to the championship, who would that team be right now, Moke? Okay, so yeah, so we're talking about like a dark horse, right? We're not talking mm-hmm. like Miami yep. or taking Milwaukee. Like mine's like mine's right? Boston. Mine's Boston. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, if you're if you're talking about a, a dark horse, I mean, the Celtics sitting in the fourth. Well, look, I, I I will tell you, I don't really have much faith in Chicago at all. I mean, like the Bulls, they've they've had a you know a pretty good season, but they've just lost way too many big games. They've lost way too many road games recently to make me feel like they're a serious threat out there. So uh, Miami concerns me, Anita, just because they just always, like, they just always have guys hurt. Like they always have guys missing games because they're dinged up because something is wrong. You know, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, like a lot of those guys, I don't know. They're like the walking wounded over there. So I hope that they're a hundred percent once the postseason starts. I like Milwaukee, but um, you know, if you're asking me for a dark horse, uh, I mean, hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I mean, I get. I guess I could buy Boston, but for me, I think the really, really good question is: 
am I taking Boston or am I taking Brooklyn? Uh, because, you know, the Nets, the Nets sitting in eighth, they would have a really, really tough road to get out of the conference. But depending on what happens with Kyrie and his vaccination status, you know, Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving, a lot of the time playoff, playoff games and playoff series really just come down to which player can get his team the basket when it's needed the most. And in that situation, uh, more so than your favorite guy in the world, LeBron James, I think I would take Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving over pretty much any other duo in the league. And even on an individual basis, I might take either one of those guys over any other player in the league. They might be number one, number two on my list when I need a basket. So I, I definitely would not sleep on Brooklyn, even if Ben Simmons is not at 100% in the lineup. So, you know, gun to my head if you're asking me to, to take a dark horse and I'm thinking about Boston, Chicago, or Brooklyn, I think I would cut against your grain, Anita, and I think I would go with Brooklyn. Last thing for you, LeBron James put on a show like he has been doing uh, all, all really, uh, the last month or so, of course, uh, trying to get that scoring record. And, uh, and he did. He surpassed Carl Malone yesterday, so now number two on the scoring list. Uh, this is a Lakers team. They're ninth right now, 30 wins, 41 losses. They're going to have to play in that play-in game and hoping that, of course, they get AD back. How far do you think the Lakers could go in the postseason? How confident are you that they'll win that play-in game uh, right now if, if the season was to end today? Uh, they would play the Pelicans. But how confident are you that the Lakers can make a run once Katie, uh, once AD gets healthy? I, I'm not confident at all, not, not even a little bit. Uh, listen, being ninth is such a terrible scenario for the Lakers to be in, particularly when they would have to play New Orleans in their first playing game. Because just imagine if you're Brandon Ingram, I mean, would you not be salivating at the thought of being able to stop the Lakers from getting into the postseason? You know, like there's going to be no – no one would be more motivated to prevent that from happening than him. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Um, aside from that, New Orleans is a pretty good team. You know, so they, they've been playing pretty good basketball since uh, the C.J. McCollum acquisition. Uh, McCollum himself missed some time in the lineup, but since he's been back, I mean, this, this is a pretty good team. So I, I don't like that for the Lakers. Sorry, Ty. I know Ty is a Lakers guy, so you know what I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm not feeling really good about that. Uh, but even if they do get out of the play-in, then they're going to have to play Phoenix in the first round again. And Anthony Davis, I, I think he kind of poked the bear a little bit a couple of weeks ago where he made, you know, made some comments where he said, like, oh, well, the only reason why they beat us last year is because I was hurt. So now he's going to have to come back this season and prove that. And I think Phoenix is a better team than they were last year, and I think they're a much more motivated team than they were last year. 
similar to Milwaukee, you know, people have things to say about why they got to the finals in the first place and why they won a championship and whether or not they're legitimate. People are saying the same exact thing about Phoenix. And that that is going to be a major, major motivational tool that Monty Williams has in his belt. Uh, aside from that, Phoenix is also going to be, um, you know, motivated by the loss of, of and the pain of losing in the finals, right? So, like, you know, we saw years ago the Spurs, you know, the year after they lost to the Heat, they came back and, and they destroyed them in the finals, right? So Phoenix could be looking at a similar run this year. And if I'm the Lakers, there is uh, – there, there are seven other playoff teams in the conference that I'd rather see in the first round than them. So I am not, not high on the Lakers' chances of making the run this postseason at all. Sorry, Ty. He, he's Moke Hamilton uh, joining us each and every Sunday, as always, talking great stuff uh, about the NBA. Moke, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday fun day. All right, thanks, Anita. Take care. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.